0: At butcherbox.com/slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, right they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning cup of murder. Marriages can get messy. On October 28, 1954, a woman was born who would go on to marry her high school sweetheart. A marriage that, everyone would eventually learn, wasn't all it was cracked up to be, and would end up costing her her life. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Carol Jean LeBon was born on October 28, 1954. In the year 1981, she was a 26-year-old mother of two living in Torrance, California, with a husband who, on the night of March 31st, watched as she left her home after an argument. According to Michael LeBon, later Clark, the couple, who had been married for the last 10 blissful years, were fighting over the fact that he refused to sign the paperwork necessary to sell their home, and told the police that, sometime between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m., He woke to find that their bed was empty. Walking out to the garage, he found that Carol's car was also missing. Figuring that she needed to cool off and would come back in a few days, Michael did not report his wife missing, despite the fact that all of her belongings were still in the house and that she did not pick up her last two paychecks. As the days passed, Michael went looking for his wife at the El Camino College, where she was studying architecture, but found no trace of her. Then, on April 6, 1981, Michael happened upon his wife's abandoned 1979 Audie Fox in the Red Onion restaurant parking lot in Redondo Beach. And, after still waiting another three days, finally decided to report her missing. In the years following her sudden disappearance, Michael claimed that someone unknown would enter their home remove some clothing and leave through the mail, and on some holidays, someone would call the home and hang up without speaking. Believing that this was Carol, alive and well, Michael filed for divorce three years later and was granted it in absentia. Despite the red flags, Carol's family believed everything Michael told them and continued to invite him to family events spend holidays with him, and even gave him his father-in-law's painting business, believing that there was no way he would kill his high school sweetheart, and that Carol must have just abandoned them. Michael later remarried and had two more children, changed his last name to his middle name, Clark, and moved to Huntington Beach. For 31 years, he lived his life. For 31 years, he swore he had nothing to do with his wife's disappearance. But for those same 31 years, investigators, on and off, continued to work the case, and seeing that she had not used her credit cards, bank account, or social security number during all those years, continued to collect what evidence they could to try and prove that Carol Jean LeBon had been killed. And given his contradictory stories over the years, first claiming he heard a door slam when she left, and later saying he saw her drive away, They were convinced that Michael had something to do with it. Finally, in April of 2011, they seemed to have what they needed and Michael LeBon Clark was arrested and charged with his wife's murder. At his 2012 trial, Michael told the jurors that he was sure his wife returned home after that first night because he spread powder on the ground to track her footprints. While the prosecution used his inconsistent statements to prove his guilt, The defense said that the pair had a good marriage and that there was no evidence to even prove that Carol was dead, let alone that Michael killed her. Despite this, Michael was convicted of second-degree murder that October. And a few months later, in January of 2013, he decided to finally come clean and tell detectives what actually happened that night in March. He claimed that on that night, the pair did argue about the house and Carol did, in fact, take off in her car. However, he claimed that she came back home at around 1.30 a.m. and told her husband that she had been out with another man and was planning on taking him with her to her sister's wedding in a few days. Angry, he grabbed a pillow and headed towards the couch when Carol began comforting him and telling him that he too would find someone new. He then shoved her and she, falling back, hit her head on the coffee table. That statement changed and he admitted to punching her, but regardless, Carol LeBon had been killed by that blow. Panicking, he picked up her body and hid it in a roll of carpeting in their garage. He later got into her car, drove it to that restaurant, and left it there for his later discovery. He then attached his wife's body, wrapped in cloth and blankets, to 50 feet of nylon rope and cinder blocks, loaded her into his truck, and drove her to Point Vincent. An expert scuba diver, Michael geared up and paddled a raft out about 200 to 500 yards beyond the kelp line and threw her into the water. In a letter written to his 86-year-old mother-in-law, Michael claimed that he wasn't thinking straight when he hid the crime and was afraid of leaving behind their young children if he went to prison. He thanked her for her kindness and said that he hoped the confession helped her. Sentenced to 15 years to life in prison, Michael agreed to lead a sheriff's dive team to the site where he left Carol's body. They have been unable to recover her remains. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear a terrible thing happened on October 29th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.